Horror movies are more than just empty thrills. They are a mirror that reflects the darker sides of our culture and our psyche. Each episode, we will go beyond the first cut and discuss the themes and topics that hide below the surface. I'm Dave, Professor of Communication. And I'm Vince, Professor of Psychology. Welcome to A Dark Impression. All right, welcome back, Dave. This time, we want to do a, this is not a top five list, but what would be five movies that have cool or emblematic or iconic monsters in the horror movie genre? So, I mean, this is this is a huge category, and we're going to miss some. So I know that, that some people listening to our podcast are going to say, how could you not mention this one or that one? But Which is why we're not doing a top five, we're just five that come to mind. So, monsters. What do you got? So I was thinking zombies. That's the first one that came to my mind. And really, for me, it's all about the rage zombies from 28 Days Later and those types of films. Oh, the controversial zombies. The ones that... The controversial zombies, yeah. I... I prefer those because they add an element of, of time. You only have a okay. limited amount of time to get away from them before they catch you and bite your face off. Whereas the Night of the Living Dead zombies, they're, they're not moving too fast. They're steady. I'll give them that. Yeah. But, but they, 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 they keep on They just plot along. They, they catch they're... up because the people are dumb. They well, don't keep yeah. moving. And so the, the real monster of that one is that people are dumb, which I think is good. So, okay. <laughs> I, I, w- I will hear your zombies and, and give you, and this is not one of my five, but I will give you, I think that the, the best one is the slices of white bread in the parody called Night of the Living Bread. Night of the Living Bread is good. That, Classic. I think, I don't know which one I would put first, the rage zombies or that, like, Wonder Bread. Not I would sure. like to see Attack of the Killer Tomatoes remade with rage tomatoes. I think that that would Ooh. be... Yeah, spicy tomatoes. So, spicy tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. That that uh, could what be do you a good, got? like hybrid between a horror movie and a cooking show. It could be. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. We're onto something. All right. So you went for a classic. I'm gonna go for a classic. I'm gonna go for Dracula. As far as monsters go, um, big fan of of Bela Lugosi, but I will go Gary Oldman. In the 1990s version of Dracula, I think that was such a, a cool aesthetic. I think I, I don't remember vampires having that that kind of flair and, and him coming back and the, the multiple makeups and just a really cool monster that that I think redeemed the vampire monster for a bit and then you know other movies slash book series followed that transformed the vampire into something that is less scary and more. I don't know, palatable, accessible, sad, I don't know. But, yeah, the, the 1990s Dracula, I think, deserves some praise. You you neglected to mention Leslie Nielsen's Dracula. <laughs> as the height of Dracula's. I, I think anything that Leslie Nielsen has done is the best of. It's just not fair. Yeah, so you don't even talk about it, right? You just It's you no contests. The man was just perfectly funny. Number two on the list, the Gary Oldman. Right? <laughs> yeah. I got it. I got it. For for me, my second one is the kaiju from all of the movies like that. Kaiju movies, Godzilla, Mothra, 
all of those creatures. I guess King Kong is now in that group too. I just think they're so cool. Like I love the idea of like some creature uh, long dormant living under the sea, woken by radioactive testing to wreak havoc on the planet and uh, return everything back to status quo before mankind messed it all up. The and, uh, multiple you know, like versions out of the mouth and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I the, I the, cannot the, hear Godzilla without the Blue Oyster Cult song playing in my head. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's it. Should play behind all of the movies just on repeat. What's the turtle one's name? I forget. I forget its name. I have a, no idea. There's a giant turtle. I can look it up right now from Google. What's the name of the flying turtle in Godzilla? Oh, Gamera. Right. Of course. Yes. Yeah, it's excellent. I love the the random creatures. Yeah, um, yeah I remember so having a, a toy Godzilla when I was a kid. I don't know that I knew what it was. It was just a cool kind of monster. I think it, it took me like a few years to figure out what Godzilla actually was. Yeah, so no, it's a, a kaiju. Good, good thinking. I like that. What do you got? What's next? All right, my next movie is. So what's cool about the kaiju is they have a shape. My next one actually doesn't have a shape or doesn't have one shape. And it is The Thing from John Carpenter's The Thing. Just because I... uh, So many creative ways to depict some kind of monster in that movie. Uh, And we'll have to talk about that in one of our regular uh, episodes. But the dog, the open, the the gaping maw that's a chest, all of them. Just so freaking cool. I think this is probably one of the movies where the practical effects were used to uh, such a level that even if you know that it is a practical effect, it's still really just creepy and spooky. And the fact that someone actually made that is just mind-blowing. So for me, The Thing is, yeah, it's a classic. You got to go with The Thing. I had The Thing also, so... I won't talk about it, but I, I would agree with everything you said. I think it's just it's just one of those movies, like, where is it? And then I also have the Xenomorph from Alien. Yes. Aliens oh. and Aliens are all of them. And I, I just think, like, that was that was such a great monster, especially in the first one. Yes. Because it's lurking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you end up with this element of drama within the film. You end up with sci-fi, but then you end up also with this thing on board that essentially impregnates them with its babies. Yeah, H.R. Geiger uh, was just a genius in terms of of weird, disturbing aesthetics. Such a a visionary. The face huggers especially. I think related to that, one of the scenes in the movies that made me laugh until I cried is that scene in the diner in Spaceball where they parody Alien with the baby (laughs) alien that comes out and starts singing across the counter. Yeah, that dancing. scene. Anytime I see it, I, I will be bent over, double laughing. I just love that little alien. So great horror creature and very funny uh, cameo in in a comedy. So the, the second real, to the Leslie ma- the mark of a the mark of a, an act- actor with range. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's yeah, same as Leslie Nielsen. Speaking of actor with range, my my number three is the original Freddy Krueger. In terms of monster, comes in your dreams, has a unique weapon, has a distinctive look that was grunge before grunge was grunge, wears a fedora, and actually owns it. You know, he's he's not Uh, pretending. 
unironic fedora. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. And just, you can take the makeup off of Robert Englund's face, and he still has such a maniacal smile or, or smirk. His facial expressions were, were great, and I think that's that's why the, the makeup was so effective, is it's not the makeup that makes... Because you look at the, 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 the remake, and as much as I love the actor that played Freddy Krueger in the remake, I mean, he was great as, as Rorschach and in a couple of other roles, but it's not the makeup. It's not the fact that the monster's completely burnt. It's 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 the, the facial expressions behind that and just the, the range of powers that Freddy Krueger has, I think, yeah. That, that qualifies him automatically as a great monster. Right. Yeah, what do you, what do you have we have next? So, next one I debated because I had the, the theme of transformation in mind. And my runner-up was the werewolf in an American war, or a werewolf in London. And that was one really cool transformation. But I will pay homage to a great actor and go with The Fly... Mm. Yes, the, the the one from the '80s. Just because the transformation is just so gruesome, and yeah, in terms of body horror, that that one, I remember watching that, and I, I was not that old, and that stuck with me. That that was really a good one. Perfect casting. Yes. Yeah. Just it basically anything with Jeff Goldblum is great, but Jeff Goldblum and David Cronenberg, kind of a good match. It, yeah. He's not as scary as as is a, a character in Jurassic Park, but he's getting there. It's just the open shirt, just disturbing, just disturbing. Yeah, yeah. Sex symbol, Jeff Goldblum. Yum. Okay. So, what would be your number four? Well, I had the thing. And okay. You you beat me to the punch. So my number five was the biggest horror of all: normal humans. I feel like in all of the all of the horror movies, normal humans just mess everything up. And you think about like uh, Godzilla, right? Right. Godzilla is just he's just hanging around in his home. Yeah. And then okay. humans come and they start atomic testing. And mm-hmm. then he's like, "Well, I gotta gotta pay you back." Yeah. No, um, I mean, rage zombies. Are horrible. What? Why do rage zombies exist? Experimentation. Yes. Human experimentation. They caused it. Alien. That's does its own thing. Same with the thing. But well, fifty percent of my, my 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 monsters are caused by humans. Okay. And a lot of them are humans too, so it just just goes to show you, people are yeah. the real monsters. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the depressing thought of the week. But as the the, the French author Jean Paul Sartre would say, "Hell is the others." So yes, people are the true definition of hell. So I guess yeah, that's that's a good monster. I went, I went for the movie Ritual just because there's a portrayal of uh, a Jotnar. Uh, a giant from like Norse mythology, and I don't know. I found the aesthetic of the design of that monster to be really interesting. Just the mishmash of uh, a tiny human body, kind of uh, a huge deer-like uh, uh, body as well, kind of a mishmash of, of human and nature. I don't know. It's one of those monsters that you look at and you could you could kind of analyze the design, probably like miles beyond what the original creator thought about, but you could project a lot of ideas onto that specific design just because it looks cool and there's a lot of uh, mishmash of different things. I don't know. It, it, 
like I said, not a top five list. And if you ask me tomorrow, I could probably come up with like other movies. But right now, I would say that monster in terms of recent ones, yeah, I think it, it looks particularly cool. Yeah, good choice, good choice. Yeah, not bad, That one right? definitely stuck with me too when I saw it. Yeah, and it's not overused. It just, when it appears, it's like, all right, boom, you got it. It's yeah. the big baddie. And it looks nothing like what you anticipated. It is not like Loki who's asphyxiated and turning blue. It's it's an actual monster. So mm-hmm. go yeah, Viking mythology? I don't know. Cool. All right. All right. Well, we'll be back for more full episodes and more shorts like this. Maybe next time we'll do snack foods. Thanks for taking the time to listen to A Dark Impression. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Rating and reviews make the world a scarier place. Consider leaving one wherever you get your podcasts. A Dark Impression was produced and edited by Vincent Dave. All movies are copyright their respective sources. Music is from Adobe Stock. All rights reserved.